A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. Is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's a cold one out there, and it's not going to improve a whole lot for your Tuesday. How are you doing, everybody? I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. We've got a busy hour ahead. Let's talk about the weather. So for today, we are going to see a rain-snow mix, depending on where you are. Looks like daytime highs today, no better than 39 degrees. Overnight lows tonight down to 38. Not much improvement tomorrow. We'll have a daytime high on Wednesday, around 41 degrees, but a 70% chance we're going to see precipitation. Thanksgiving Thursday warms up a little bit to around 46 degrees, and the good news is we should stay dry. That kind of persists through the end of the week. Friday and Saturday also look dry, with temperatures in the low to mid-40s. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, has weather details coming up. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability and boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb brand corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb brand corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Well, it's no Thanksgiving meal without a side of, you named it, cranberries. From the western end of the world's longest barn in La Crosse, I'm Caitlin Riley. And Wisconsin is a stronghold for cranberry production. And not only is it a pleasure to hear the stories of people who've been doing this for generations, but it's also so neat to see new people entering the business and innovations. And Pam, you got word of what's happening in Warren's. Yeah, and it's good news for a change, Caitlin, that's for sure. Fabulous farm babe, Pam Yankee, at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. You know, uh, this may not be the ideal time for a lot of people to think about investing in agribusiness, but I'll tell you what, two California farmers found that Wisconsin agriculture's got a key component for them, and they decided to invest. I chatted with uh, Willie Trena who, along with his partner, John Potter, have formed American Berry Company in Warrens, Wisconsin. They purchased the former Crangrow Cranberry Processing Facility. Now they're going through upgrades and uh, renovations and bringing the latest technology to that area of the state when it comes to cranberry production. I thought it was interesting, though, as I talked uh, more with Willie Trena, that uh, he had never been to Wisconsin before they started this acquisition. And learning about cranberries, well, that wasn't something he expected to encounter either. In California, they are producing uh, basically fruit trees. They are they have orchards of, of peaches and apricots and uh, almonds and things like that. So coming to Wisconsin agriculture opened his eyes, but he said they are absolutely in love with the state and in love with the Wisconsin cranberry growers they look forward to working with. American Berry Company is the uh, collaboration of two companies, uh, myself and Don Potter. Uh, we uh, have two California companies, and we felt like uh, coming together would be some good fun. 
along with that, uh, it kind of utilized both the company's strengths. Uh, John owns Innovative Cells and does a lot of export with the nut industry. Ourselves at Train of Foods, we do uh, industrial ingredients and food service and distribution. And we felt like the combination would, would be a very strong company. Uh, we use a lot of cranberries as it is, so this gave us the ability to produce our own product. And uh, fortunately, we were able to come out to Wisconsin. First time for me it was back in June, and we loved it. Extremely clean. People were great. The growers were great. And uh, it got us excited about it. Next thing you know, uh, we own a cranberry company. <laughs> Well, that's that's wonderful, although I'm sure that the business plans did not necessarily include the pandemic. How has that impacted, slowed down, uh, sped up the situation with American Berry Company? Well, you know, I think uh, we'll, we'll start producing in January, and we're hoping that uh, things are a little calmer by then. Uh, in business in general, it's been uh, hectic to say the least. You know, it's hard to plan anything. It's hard to plan a uh, um, the employee work schedules even because some weeks you're busier than others. Uh, food service has obviously played a huge uh, impact on. It's been, um, uh, you know, uh, kind of devastating on the food service arm. Uh, we we felt like we were coming back a little bit. Now it looks like we're going to go the other way. So it, that, that makes it really difficult. I think uh, uh, anybody who wants to try to write a business plan today, it's uh, you're doing a lot of guessing. It's uh, it's a lot, very difficult, to say the least. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, American Cran- American Berry Company is also big on ingredients. Tell me a little bit about where uh, your cranberries are going to end up. Tell me a little bit more about that side of things, Willie. Well, on uh, Train of Foods, we sell to 15 of the 20 biggest food companies in the United States. You know, the uh, Nestle's, General Mills, Crafts of the World. Uh, we hope to get them in a lot of those uh, uh, places. And uh, as far as food service goes, we, we supply Cisco at U.S. Food Service and companies like that. And uh, we want to be on their, uh, uh, we want to have those cranberries in every restaurant that, uh, that you would typically go to. And uh, so, you know, as far as uh, export goes, John, our partner, he uh, has a lot of export strength in, into Asia and, uh, um, and Europe, and we hope to get some uh, exports, exporting into those countries. And uh, uh, we, I think we anybody who wants to buy cranberries, we want to be there to sell them cranberries. What does this mean for Wisconsin's cranberry industry? I mean, I know there's other states that produce, but not nearly in the volume that Wisconsin does. Tell me a little bit about what growers should know about American Berry Company coming to Wisconsin. Well, you know, we, we were uh, surprised to find out that over half the cranberries grown in the United States are grown in Wisconsin. And in going to Wisconsin, I think, you know, first of all, we were thrilled to meet the growers. Great people. Uh, they just, you know, just so real. Um, you know, they take so much pride in what they are doing. And us being growers ourselves, you know, we grow apricots, cherries, almonds, and, and peaches. Uh, I think we understand some of the uh, difficulties facing the growers. And uh, I think we uh, we have a lot of respect for the growers. I think we want to work with the growers, and I think it's it's a uh, going to be a great long-term relationship where um, we want to develop products. We want to, uh, you know, we want to have a lot of product innovation in our plant, and, uh, and I think it's going to be uh, um, very important that we have a lot of growers and great growers, and, and we're going to supply them a great home for, um, for now and the future. 
Willie Chan is along with us, one of the partners in American Berry Company, a brand new opportunity for our Wisconsin cranberry growers, and it uh, kind of in that Warren's, Wisconsin area. Tell me a little bit about uh, the manufacturing side of things, Willie, or or where are the buildings, uh, anything that uh, growers should be aware of there? Yeah, we're going to be doing uh, some uh, new products uh, at the plant, and we're bringing in some new equipment. Um, we're fixing it up to uh, be able to run not only uh, the typical cranberry that you see, but a low sugar cranberry and uh, infusing cranberries with some other things. Um, we're very excited. You know, we uh, we plan for this facility to be state of the art. Uh, we're going to employ seventy to eighty people. Uh, we've already hired uh, the first ten, and uh, we are uh, looking forward to hiring the rest of the crew in over the next month and uh, getting this place ready to go. And, and uh, start of January, we're going to be pumping out cranberries. Excellent. Talk to me, you mentioned about uh, John being your partner and uh, that you guys are actually growers yourself, although in uh, more of the tree fruit kinds of situations versus cranberries. Let's talk a little bit more about what you've experienced on that side of the business, Willie, when it comes to the pandemic. You know, here in Wisconsin, we had a massive run on our butchers, our local butchers, a massive run on a lot of our dairy products, things like that. When it comes to the tree fruit and some of the things that you guys were already invested in, did you notice some of those kinds of trends accelerate buying or what did you see there? Well, we've seen it go both ways, and and uh, it's hard to put your finger on it sometimes, which makes business planning very difficult. Uh, you know, with our cherry crop this year, it seemed like the market was hotter than heck, and and uh, the demand was very strong, and people were looking to get something really healthy and good in their lives, such as fresh cherries. Uh, and then you look at almonds, and and uh, we've had a bumper crop. Number one, the price has gone down, and you would think in the almond industry, you would think everybody would want to have you know, a bag full of almonds in their house uh, ready to go because, number one, they can last months and months, and, and they're priced very well. But uh, so that's been a little bit of a surprise to see a down market with the almond industry and the nut industry in general. But yet uh, cherries and uh, my melon grower friends, they're all saying the market's been so great. Um, so it kind of just depends, I guess, what you're growing. Let's talk a bit about that international opportunity. Wisconsin uh, Cranberry Growers, along with our Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection, has looked at that international market. For those of us that live in Wisconsin and might take the cranberry industry for granted, boy, it is a foreign fruit to many people outside of our borders. What has John got up his sleeve as far as uh, education and introduction in uh, other areas? You mentioned Asia. Yeah, I think I think you look at uh, cranberries, and number one, Asia really I think appreciates the health aspects of cranberries. Um, you know, it's a gut healthy item. Uh, it's great for the urinary tract infection. Um, the uh, uh, um, it's just you know really really uh, great product for the for the human being to consume. And and I think because of that, I think uh, we're going to see strong sales in Asia. I think John anticipates coupling these with his uh, nuts and, you know, hey, what, what goes great with an almond or a pecan? You know, I mean, it's, you know, cranberries, great for the blends and just uh, it fits in line with our product line really, really well. And I think John anticipates to sell a lot of these into uh, the same companies that will buy containers and containers of nuts. Now we're hoping they'll buy a few containers of cranberries, too.
Excellent. I don't want to get into your pocketbook too much here, Willie. Willie Trena, along with us, he and his partner, John Potter, are bringing American Berry Company to life here in Wisconsin. Warren specifically focused in on the cranberry industry. I don't want to really get into your pocketbook or anything, Willie, but I'm kind of wondering, whenever I see a, a business come together like this, I wonder what lenders or outside uh, financiers might think about investing in agriculture at this time. Well, you know, we utilize a agricultural bank, and I think they understand very, very well. Um, you know, and and uh, one thing people have to eat, right, uh, Pam? You know, I think everybody uh, is looking for good, healthy food items. I think uh, the, our advantage is, you know, we've been in business for for you know myself for forty years, John for thirty years in the agricultural sector, so. I think banks are confident. They see what we've done in the past. They see, they've seen the businesses we've built, and I think uh, uh, we were we were in a fortunate situation to have multiple banks trying to get our business. Um, you know, that's not always the case in, in a uh, uncertain market that we're in today. I think this is such a uh, scary market that uh, banks, uh, although they have a lot of money to lend. I think they're very apprehensive in, in who they land to. And, and uh, in our case, we are fortunate. We had a beautiful plant, and, uh, and it fell right in line with the businesses we already had. So that was probably the, uh, the, the factor in, in getting banking uh, uh, to want to loan money to us. Well, we're certainly glad that they did. Again, we're talking with Willie Trena, along with his partner, John Potter, American Berry Company, something you're going to hear a whole lot more about come 2021, right in the community of Warren, Wisconsin, taking the facility formerly known as Cran Grow and now turning it into American Berry Company with an eye on the international marketplace as well as commanding right here on the domestic side. Willie Train along with us. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hey, there goes Pam Yonke in her suburban truck across Wisconsin. Thanks to Cleary Building Corporation. They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Equity Livestock Co-op. Marketing your livestock, financing your operation, and supporting the livestock community. And Wisconsin Farm Bureau, the state's largest general agriculture organization. Join now at wfbf.com. Keep up with Pam on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook and Twitter and at midwestfarmreport.com. You have a healthy business and you've weathered the changes. To help plan for 2021, visit Signs by Tomorrow's interactive signage map service. One certainty for next year is that signs will be critical in your continued success. Signs by Tomorrow will help with COVID signage, back-to-business signage, and delivers a fresh new creative look for your image that can increase your bottom line and competitive edge. Visit signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it. In Wisconsin, recent crash data show that someone is injured or killed in a crash involving an inattentive driver every 46 minutes. Cell phones usually make our lives easier, but when they're misused, serious harm can result. Drivers who read and send text messages while they drive endanger all of us and can cause catastrophic injuries. At Clifford & Rihala, we help people who have been injured by distracted drivers and we know how common that negligence is. Clifford and Rihala urges you, 
Please don't text while you drive. By making smart choices on the road, you can protect yourself and help prevent crashes. If you've been injured by a distracted driver, call us. We'll help you. For relentless dedication to helping you and your family, choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Uh, better yet, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson, joining us live as we uh, head towards the end of the show. Stick around for that. Right now, what the real headline is this morning is what's going on with weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live this morning. And the snow has now become obvious here in uh, the Madison area where the stu- uh, studios are. What's going on with you? Well, nothing up here in the Fond du Lac area yet, unless there may be a stray little flake, but I haven't seen it. The activity is pushing up out of the southwest. All of us have a winter weather advisory today. Most of us until noon. Then there's Boston. You folks get lucky today. The winter weather advisory continues until 3 p.m. there in Boston and further north. Low pressure building in from the west has brought a warm front up. Snow is built into southwest Wisconsin. Or it'll start to mix with and even change terrain, too. I'll have all the details right after this. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the Central Corn Belt, Only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids. Officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids. One thing done right. Alrighty, so today our driving skills come into place to give us a rundown on what's going to be happening. All right, well, we get this little snow to start things off, and it could fall, you know, like an inch an hour, but it's not going to add up to that much, and then it will mix with and change over to some rain a bit later on in the day. Still lots of mild air. Upper 30s and low 40s for highs today. Southeast winds 5 to 15. They may gust near 20. More likely clouds, some fog, and rain in the nighttime. A few snowflakes mossed in La Crosse. We drop only back into the mid or upper 30s. We don't cool much. South winds become east overnight. Then mostly cloudy, fog, and rain Wednesday. Low and mid-40s, but rain amounts upwards of a quarter, maybe even a new half-inch tomorrow with the north winds at 5 to 10. Thanksgiving does dry out, partly sunny, mid and upper 40s with the southwest winds at 5 to 10. I think Moss and Pam still could see some 1 to 3 inches of snow, and everybody else is going to be a little bit on the lighter side yet today. And just be careful, get through this morning. The afternoon should start to improve. And we probably are going to have some of this, I don't know, will it be gone by the time we get to Thanksgiving Thursday? It's going to be suffering pretty bad with a little rainfall tomorrow yet in the mild air, yes. All right. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. See ya.
Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with those kind of weather details. So like you said, uh, make sure you're exercising caution out there, whether you're uh, driving or whether you're even uh, walking on the sidewalk. You never know when you're going to hit a slick spot and you don't kind of need to start things off uh, on the wrong foot quite literally. We'll keep you posted on what's happening with developing weather details. And like I said, coming up, we've got our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. At Wiffles Hybrids, our family recipe for success has been handed down for three generations. Take two parts high-performing hybrids, mix with one part unmatched quality, then finish it off with our secret sauce, superior customer service. Some people may say it's impossible to get the best hybrids from an independent, family-owned company, to which we'd say, have your cake and eat it, too. Mmm, Wiffles Hybrids. Quite possibly the best hybrids you can buy. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces. And fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing. And we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Midwest Family Helping your business thrive With integrated marketing solutions Putting you top of mind Get your sales growth in motion with Midwest Family. Your systematic solution for measurable marketing results. Midwest Family. Midwest Family. Educated mortgage. The smartest way home. Call Dan, the mortgage man. Believe it or not, interest rates are the lowest in history, and now is the time to refinance. If you want to save some money on your mortgage every month, it's very quick and easy. Allow me to show you all of your options. Just give me a call and we'll get the process started. Educated Mortgage, the smartest way home. Call Dan, the Mortgage Man. NMLS number 222-652. Furnace on the Fritz? Whether it's a quick fix or time for something new, you need a dealer who knows what it takes to warm things up. And a Bryant dealer does whatever it takes. It takes attention to detail, the right tools, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Bottom line, it takes a Bryant dealer to bring the heat. Al Byers Indoor Comfort Systems in Cambridge and Janesville for fast furnace service. Bryant, whatever it takes. There is no reason to be intimidated by words like gold 
diamonds, jewels. No reason at all, especially when you stop into Goodman's Jewelers, 220 State Street, same location they've been at for over 85 years because they haven't been in business that long by intimidating people. They've been in that business by having beautiful pieces at all price points, whether it be an engagement ring, a wedding band, a pendant, maybe even a necklace, birthday, anniversaries, so many different occasions to give such beautiful jewelry that is very affordable. And of course, they've got the bling bling, the shine and diamonds, but they also have a great selection of other exotic gemstones and a lot of the cuts that are super hot these days. They may have that traditional feel, that traditional customer service, but they also have the new modern looks of today. Stop in and take a look at their jewelry case. Talk to the staff. Find out what it is that they have and what it is that they can create. Go online, goodmansjewelers.com. Your time is valuable, and McFarland's is there to help. I'm Pam Yonke for McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City or online, McFarland's.net. So you're broke down in the field. Time is money. And if you're looking for parts, look no further than McFarland's. Remember, because all of their clientele are prime, they deliver free within a 10-mile radius of the store. Text them what you need at 608-643-3321, McFarland's.net. Keys, doorknob, elevator buttons, car door, steering wheel, grocery cart, food, food, debit card, that card reader thing, keypad, bags, keys, trunk. In one trip to the store, you touch a lot. That's why I wash my hands for 20 seconds every time. I do it to protect my mom from COVID-19, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect the people around you at dhs.wisconsin.gov slash COVID-19. Our sports director, Zach Heilprin. Zach, good morning. How are we doing today, brother? Great. Great. Fantastic. <laughs> um, Zach, how was the weekend for you, though, man? Before we dive into what happened Saturday, how was the weekend for you personally? I was fine. It's good. Yeah? Good. Good? 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 Yeah. Good? Yeah. Yeah, good. 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 You, good. you ready for a Badger basketball to get underway? Yeah, Wednesday. Can't wait to get down to the Cole Center. I haven't been to the Cole Center since uh, early March, and it was like the day that they ended up calling everything off so wow yeah, it's, it's been a while so you are going to be live in person when the badgers take on is that eastern illinois yeah we get eastern illinois on wednesday night at nine, nine o'clock nine p.m well you're a night owl so that works out because everybody want, wants to watch wisconsin eastern illinois at nine o'clock well there's not really much else to do you know I mean, what else is there you're oh dude you're gonna be in bed by that time zach the what's the <laughs> what's the secret of staying up late not get up at 4 a.m.? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's among the keys, yes, for sure. Uh, I live off coffee, but it wears off around like 4 p.m. All right, Zach, so um, I'm trying to avoid it, but I just might as well just, it's like a Band-Aid, just rip it off. Uh, mm-hmm. Saturday, Badgers go down to Ryan Field, Evanston to take on Northwestern, and I thought in the year of 2020, we're left is right, up is down, right is wrong, black is white. We're in bizarro world, right? I figured in bizarro world, you would have the Badgers and Graham Mertz absolutely tune up the Wildcats. Instead, it's on par as usual as Northwestern wins 17-7. to uh, five, ty- five turnovers for the Badgers. What was your overall uh, takeaway from Graham Mertz, and is the, uh, the honeymoon over with Mertz mania? Yeah, I think the, my mind changed pretty quickly on what was going to happen in that game when we're broke about 40 minutes beforehand that, Catcher Pryor and Danny Davis weren't playing because they didn't. They don't have depth at wide receiver. They they don't. I mean, they they've got guys that 
are good blockers and uh, and some young guys like Jim Ray DK, but they didn't have anything in the passing game that, that could threaten Northwestern down the field. Um, and so, for you know, outside of that one throw to DK, they didn't, they didn't even try to throw the ball down the field, and that allowed them to come up and, and play close to line. You could see, it felt like you could see Northwestern's uh, all, the entire 11, uh, even in the close shots of the <laughs> of the offensive formation. So, yeah, it was it was going to be a tough day, and, and Graham struggled. And uh, do I think the honeymoon is over? Uh, well, some people are going to overreact to it, yes. Um, <laughs> but I think it's still worthwhile to remember it was his third start. And if you go back and look at the first three starts of Jack Cohn or Alex Hornibrook or Bart Houston or Joel Stade um, or even Scott Tolzien, Graham's been better than all, all of them. So I think it's probably a little bit more, uh, a little bit much to overreact considering he had very little help, at least at wide receiver. Yeah, that, that pass to Jim Adike, though, was pretty beautiful. Then it all kind of, uh, I don't know, went downhill from there. Zach, yep. so um, before I – I'm not in the business of blaming referees. I, I, mm. I look at the five turnovers and the Badgers' kind of ineptitude on offense of why they lost yes. the game. But also, I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up, though. There was some very bad calls, especially when Caesar Williams picked off uh, Ramsey for Northwestern, and they called defensive pass interference. Was, in your opinion, was there pass interference on that play? On that one, no. And on a couple of other ones, no. I think the only one. I mean, there was four of them, and three of them led to three of them came on drives that Northwestern scored. One was a touchdown drive. The other one was a field goal drive. And I think the only thing, uh, the only one that was probably legit, may have been the Eric Burrell one, and that one was kind of bang bang, but. The other three were trash. It was bad. Um, you know, and especially the Caesar Williams one, because the explanation the ref gave to Fayon Hicks was uh, that he didn't play the ball. Well, how did he not play the ball if he caught the ball? Like, right. I, don't, I don't get that. You know what I mean? Like, his head was turned around, he went up and he played the ball. I'm getting and upset. The, I'm getting upset, Hyperin. I don't yeah, know. I think the, the, I'm getting upset. The I think the issue was the referee had his hand in his pants looking to grab the flag before the ball was even caught by anybody. Getting upset. Yeah, and Caesar Williams would agree with you. Uh, yeah, so highway <laughs> robbery, highway robbery yeah. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, everyone else, everyone else in the post game, uh, you know, media session was was pretty measured. But yeah, Fayon Hicks and, and Caesar Williams would have been like would have liked to talk to those two because they probably wouldn't have held back. All right, the defense was absolutely phenomenal. I'm going to ask you about that coming up here, but I want to I want to get your opinion on this. Should Jalen Berger be running back one? Should he be RB one moving forward? Because Berger, another phenomenal game. Yeah, I think it's clear that he should be and. You know, even though he got double the number of carries than anybody else, I feel like he probably could have gotten another 10. Right. You know, uh, when you're struggling so much passing the ball, you have to continue to run. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson's catching up with us in about 10 minutes. I'm Pam Youngke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today, the 24th day of November, and there are a bunch of different notables that you can bring up in conversation today. This is the birthday of Frederick Miller. He was born in Germany migrated to the United States, ended up in Milwaukee, where he ultimately started the Miller Brewing Company. Frederick Miller, born on this day, 1824. Here's a couple other ones. On this day in 1877, the classic novel Black Beauty was published. How many of you out there in the audience, raise your hands up, actually read Black Beauty? I remember it well. Uh, Also, on this day in 1971, 
the hijacking of Northwest Orient Airplane 305. Remember this one? This is still considered unsolved. A man named D.B. Cooper hijacked the Northwest Orient plane that was bound for Seattle. He demanded $200,000 in cash and parachutes, and they gave it to him. He released the passengers, refueled the airplane, and was on his way to Mexico. But somewhere before then, he parachuted out of the plane. They never found him. They never found the money. They never solved the crime. That happened on this day in 1971. And then, of course, I'm sure many of you remember on this day in 1963, Lee Harvey Oswald was shot. Just two days before that, he had been accused of assassinating John F. Kennedy, the 35th president. Well, Lee Harvey Oswald's shot on this day by Jack Ruby. And that was actually, uh, I believe, like the first and only murder that was actually broadcast live on TV. The strange stuff you learn with the farm, babe, huh? But there you go. Trying to communicate with consumers every day is what we do here on The Farm Show, helping them better understand where their food comes from and what it takes to get it to them. There are also a lot of farm women across the United States that are trying to do the very same thing. They call themselves Common Ground, and they're celebrating their 10th anniversary. Common Ground is a grassroots group of farm women in 20 different states. All they want to do is have conversation with consumers about how they grow the food that you enjoy. It's all volunteer time. They're generally sharing their personal experiences as farmers themselves, as well as those folks involved in agribusiness and uh, agri-science. One of those is Minnesotan Lauren Beagler. She is not only a Minnesota farmer, she's also a volunteer. Common Ground is a group of women farmers, but we span all types of agriculture that just love to have conversations with consumers about our farms, what we do on our farms, and the things that we produce on our farms, and why we make the decisions that we do on our farms. We definitely like to target other women, and primarily that urban-suburban moms, so people that are primarily in charge of the purchasing and preparing food for their household. Lauren Beagler, a Minnesota farmer and one of the Common Ground volunteers, she says the conversations that they have with consumers today, as you might expect, tend to focus on hot-button issues. The things you always hear about, GMOs, hormones, antibiotic use in meat, and we know that there is a lot of information out there, and there's a lot of really good stuff, but there's also a lot of myths and misinformation out there. So I think what we try to do is put a face to farming for a lot of these consumers. We also know that consumers are getting more and more removed from the farm, so they may not even have access to a farmer. So sometimes we think that they have concerns about an issue, but for some consumers, it can just be actually meeting a farmer because some people never have. Lauren Beagler, she's a Minnesota farmer and also a volunteer for Common Ground. As you can imagine, uh, this week leading up to Thanksgiving, lots of questions that consumers have about the food they're going to enjoy and where it comes from. They're trying to keep those conversations going, although obviously with the pandemic, not a lot of face-to-face conversations. You can find details at findourcommonground.com. The website findourcommonground.com. And you might also be happy to know that there are at least 10 of our Wisconsin farm women that have listed themselves as resources for anybody that's looking to have one of those conversations. You can find the 10 farm women from all across the state ready to pick up the conversation with you at findourcommonground.com.
Looks like the ground is going to be covered with some kind of precipitation before the end of the day today, and that means it's a good thing the harvest has been wrapped up. Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service said as of Sunday across the state, 92% of our corn had been harvested for grain. That's more than four weeks ahead of last year, 17 days ahead of our five-year average. The moisture content on that corn has dropped as low as 17%. 96% of our winter wheat is through the soil surface, and that's about four weeks ahead of last year, three days ahead of our five-year average. Right now, farmers evaluate the winter wheat as about 84% good to excellent. That's up two percentage points in confidence in just one week's time. And we don't want to waste any time, so while we can, 79% of our fall tillage has been wrapped up across the state. Quite a big jump, more than four weeks ahead of last year, more than a week ahead of our five-year average. So that's some good information to pass your way. I'm afraid I don't have good information when it comes to the markets this morning. We are seeing a lot of red ink as far as corn, beans, wheat, and dairy going the same route. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two and a quarter cents to a dollar forty. 40-pound block cheese, that was up a penny and a half at 166. Double A butter, down another two and three quarters cents yesterday to a dollar 31 and three quarters per pound. We thought we had hit bottom with fluid milk contracts, but December milk lost ground again yesterday, and it's seeing more red ink this morning. December milk right now is down a dime, fifteen fifty six a hundred weight. January milk's down three at sixteen forty, and February milk down a nickel at sixteen forty five a hundred weight. I also want to let you know, I hear you loud and clear, dairy farmers. Many of you have continued to remind me that uh, your milk checks are really getting dinged still with uh, that uh, PPD, which is an element of the federal milk order pricing between fluid milk and cheese milk. And I know that the numbers may be smaller than they were earlier this year, but boy, when we start to see these milk price adjustments, it definitely has to worry you about first quarter of 2021. We'll talk more about that with John Heinberg in just a moment. December corn is also down 8.5 right now at 418. We've got the January soybeans down 8, 11.83.5 in July wheat currently trading down another three cents at 5.99 a bushel what a setup for john (laughs) all that good news that he gets a chance to walk into well i'll tell you what he'll do it anyhow john heinberg market advisor with total farm marketing by Stuart peterson coming up in just a moment also a quick reminder we are again partnering with our friends from the wisconsin farm bureau federation their annual meeting commencing next week want to remind all of you young farmers about the be the babe contest you should have received your email and up updates on that, giving you an opportunity to try your hand at being a farm broadcaster like myself, Josh, Caitlin, Bob, and Scott. Uh, Be the babe. We've got a script online for you. All you have to do is uh, basically read it into your telephone and send it to us. We're going to allow other Farm Bureau members to cast their votes, and then somebody's going to take home some cash prizes when it comes to the Be the Babe contest in conjunction with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting and their Young Farmer. Friday Night uh, Achievement Award activities. And uh, like we said, we will be covering all of the annual meeting activities with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, despite the fact that the conference is going to be all online, talking with their president, Joe Brager, about issues that still have to be dealt with regardless of what's going on with the pandemic. A virtual online experience coming to Farm Bureau members. That's beginning next week. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
As a business owner, you rely on a lot of people to keep things up and running. Hey, you're not the only one who'd like to kick your IT provider to the curb. Compel Consulting has become the most trusted source of computer services, pain-free. Compel works to eliminate the hassles and headaches that technology can bring, helping business owners increase productivity and make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. We don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. When you choose from several options, you're likely going to save money. That's what a family-owned, independent insurance place like ours can do. When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009. Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. As new laws are shaped for compliance, be sure to update your signage with Signs by Tomorrow, like social distancing reminders, relocating of services and business changes, visible outdoor signage, new, fresh, and current signage. Signs by Tomorrow provides stand-up signage, banners, open and closed signs. Be the best business you can be and communicate your image and customer procedures with Signs by Tomorrow. Visit signsbytomorrow.com forward slash Madison. Imagine it. Signs by Tomorrow can do it. If you've ever driven a tractor, you are her friend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You're going to want to slow down, take it a little easy, regardless of where you are on this Tuesday morning, because uh, things are going to get a little different as far as precipitation. Not all rain, not all snow. You're just going to have to kind of wait it through. But the good news is, by the time we get to Thanksgiving Thursday, hopefully a lot of it's going to be gone. Well, we do have that holiday pending in the marketplace as well. No trade on Thanksgiving Thursday. How is that impacting things? Joining us this morning, John Heinberg, Mark advisor total farm marketing by Stuart peterson over in the west bend area so i already did the market report for them john they know that the grain trade is lower this morning they also know that dairy is really off last week when i saw the cheese market respond just a little bit to the upside i thought maybe we were getting kind of that dead cat bounce doesn't look that way anymore yeah, you know, obviously that was the big push and uh, the whole mark- dairy market has been that tumble in cheese prices. And, you know, again, uh, you know, looking at a little bit of the end of year issue here, too, in terms of inventory, uh, you got concerns regarding COVID possibly coming up again, obviously, here. Do those end users want to make sure they got you know have those heavy stockpiles going into that end of you know into the end of the year? So they've been backing away from the market, and that's what really caused the big push in cheese prices. You know, we got cold storage report from the USDA yesterday. Cheese actually was down one percent from last month, basically steady with last year. Uh, butter numbers were down thirteen percent from last month. So we you know we've seen some good usage and movement there. Uh, butter supplies though were up about twenty eight percent year over year levels, and that again maybe just a reflection of 
uh, the overall lack of demand at times. So, but you know, the biggest thing too that came out last week that we're watching this milk market was that milk production report that came out for the month of October. And obviously, when prices start uh, rallying, uh, dairy farmers like to bring a few extra head on, and that was definitely noticeable as production was up 2.3 percent in October versus last year. Wisconsin alone was up 1.7 percent. So, you know, we're seeing some milk in the pipeline and a window where the demand was kind of falling apart. And that's really what sent that milk price tumbling. You know, in terms of cow numbers, uh, you know, nationally, we're up about 43,000 head year over year. Uh, so that's something that needs to probably come back in line again is, is going to be those cow numbers and get that milk production back in line uh, with where we need it to meet the demand. Well, we keep chopping off uh, 20, 30 or more cents a hundredweight on our fluid in Chicago, and it won't take long before that starts happening. I am curious, though, John, if we're noticing any usage patterns, I'm starting to see more stories show up, particularly in populated states like California, where the governors are implementing more uh, pandemic restrictions and store shelves starting to go empty again. What are you hearing or what are you seeing as far as fluid milk movement on the short? Are we getting any stories from our retailers that uh, we're starting to see folks, I I don't want to say lockdown, but starting to see that uh, increased pattern of uh, wanting it on hand in volumes? You know, that's something that's been been out there, too. I haven't seen much of that here in terms of in the local region and things of that nature. Uh, you know, it feels like the industry is going to be a little bit more prepared for this than it was, obviously, back in March because we've dealt with it and they've keep those supply chains moving. And, you know, it was such a shock to the industry when those things uh, fell apart uh, last spring and last winter. Uh, so that, I don't sense that being that big of an issue at this stage. Again, I think that might be more of a region-by-region basis based on the lockdowns and things how, how things go in that regard, but that panic buying that we saw in the grocery stores from the from the beef and pork side to the dairy side, at least I think this time should be avoided uh, just because. Now, we are watching, and that is something that's out there in both industries, dairy and livestock, what's happening with the COVID cases in the plants. We are seeing a little bit of an impact in terms of labor shortage in some of the cheese plants. That's been noted by some of the uh, you know manufacturers, but at least it's not to the stage where we have you know that total shutdown situation situation like we saw last spring. Well, that's good, especially as we go into the holidays. Everything gets a little different when it comes to processing and uh, food movement in the holidays. What are we going to expect? Remind folks again how this week unfolds as far as trade hours, John. Well, basically, we got solid trade today and tomorrow. Then we're off, obviously, on Thursday. And then shortened trading session on Friday. Biggest thing this week is a lot, you know, after today, a lot of players will be moving to the sidelines. So the trade becomes very, very thin. And with that, and we're seeing maybe a little touch of that already in the grains this morning. There's just not a lot of people in there to stop market moves. And we can have some pretty big fluctuations in terms of price just because there's not enough things out there to stop orders and, and see orders trigger and prices move very, very quickly. A lot of times we have to get through weeks like that, and then we come back here and you know, after the holidays, and things will kind of settle back in again the 1st of December. Yeah. Uh, so like we said, just uh, kind of a holiday abbreviated session with a lot of computer trading. I've had a couple uh, commodity brokers bring up that some of these big moves make them anxious because it has nothing to do with people, insights, or knowledge. It's all about computer price uh, goals, I guess. 
yeah, it's you know it's the the algorithms that are out there in these computer programs, and they're looking at different price points, they're looking at looking at different you know news events or news items, and whatever comes through, they buy or sell according, and they automatically trigger it in. I mean, it's almost impossible for the retail inv- investor to kind of keep up, or you know, in terms of that side, or a hedger to maintain it because you know, like this morning we got beans down twelve, corn down eight, really quickly. You know, you see it in the milk market when we get those washout type trade days where things are going you know limit up limit down and again that is just a lot of times those logarithms kicking in based off of news based off of price patterns and they're making the call uh over over the calm head sometimes of a trader looking at the fundamentals john heinberg market advisor total farm marketing by Stuart peterson along with us remind us on the contact information for you again john because like i said every time i see these major moves i'm just hoping that uh, our farmers are taking are being proactive not just uh waiting for uh, another you know federal program to be developed how can they contact you sure i'd love to chat with them anytime phone number here at the office is 800-334-9779 or again they can feel free to shoot me an email at john h at totalfarmmarketing.com now talking about the federal scene are we hearing anything on USDA programs, are we getting that stimulus going? I mean, I don't like looking to those things as our savior, John, but I am kind of curious if you're hearing anything. Right now, it's extremely quiet. Obviously, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to have for a transition of power. It finally seems like that is going to start taking place in that regard in terms of the election, even though nothing still have been totally finalized and won't be in probably till we see the electoral vote in December. Uh, but at that stage right now, I kind of say the old programs are probably on hold, You know, especially for that milk market in terms of the Farmer's Family Food Box program. And, uh, and some have no rumors talk or anything right now in that regard. There is still some push to possibly get some just fiscal stimulus out there for people. Uh, I know there's a group of economists who sent a letter to the White House as well as Congress saying, hey, we need to get some money in front of people's hands that could help out here into the end of the year. Still very, very quiet as unfortunately we continue to play the old bipartisan or the partisan politics here in Washington. Yeah. Well, on, on the upside, the White House turkeys have arrived out in Washington, D.C. If, we, if we're looking for a reason to put a smile on our face, check out our Facebook page. Caitlin Riley has put up the pictures of the turkeys walking down the red carpet into their first-class hotel at the Intercontinental. They are waiting for their opportunity with the president. So if we got to try to find a reason to put a smile on our face, maybe that's the way we go, hey, John? Exactly. I mean, it's the holiday season. I know it's going to be different than any other because of what's going on out there. But, you know, it's still time to to sit back and share some stories of family. And hopefully we can get together to some extent, uh, even though I know it's been kind of difficult this year. Yeah, exactly. Well, you enjoy the holiday break, John, and we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks. Thank you. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Excellent. John Heinberg, along with us, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Again, as he said, uh, always available for a conversation with you if it has to do with uh, protecting yourself against what we don't know is coming in 2021. TotalFarmMarketing.com is his website, and John can be reached there as well. Have a great Tuesday. Be careful out there. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.